Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up? It's the podcast 15 to Life, where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito Guerrero, and let's go ahead and jump into this. So, crazy times, right? We're still, you know, knee, waist, neck deep in the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, It's crazy, y'all. Um... And I know a lot of these podcasts recently have been talking about this, but it's our current world, right? And I'm going to be talking about some prison stories today, and um, hopefully they they kind of maybe uh, bring you some hope, you know, that things will get better, right? But um, uh, latest news, Georgia is about to reopen, you know, and the, the governor's even saying that... Uh, you know, they're going to take away the uh, ability of the local mayors to make their own decisions. Like, it's basically, we're reopening, and it's, like, crazy things like gyms, which, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of partial on the gym. I think, you know, if people are doing what they're supposed to do, which is wiping down equipment and all that good stuff. You know, a gym, you're, you're kind of social distancing, depending on the machines and stuff, but... But, you know, they're talking about reopening all kinds of stuff. And basically businesses are coming back open the whole nine. And I don't know. It's, it's If we really want to, you know, try to slow the spread, uh, and I've said this plenty of times, you know, it needs to be a national level. Everything just shuts down for two weeks or whatever. And then we we start seeing the effects or 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 the lack thereof, right? And, and making informed decisions, but um, I think this is so sporadic and people are doing whatever they want. And you have a lot of people that are coming out saying it's their right to go to work and everything. And um, hell, welcome to the third world, y'all. Um, right now, uh, we are, we are if nothing else, and, and I know this is going to sound very pessimistic, but hey, this is my platform to speak my mind, right? Um, we, we have proven that the government can make us do whatever they want. Um, and I'm not saying go out and start licking on door handles and stuff. What I'm saying is um, we we should be able to govern ourselves and make sure that we we employ the best and safe safest acts um, because we're all brothers and sisters out here, right? We should all have each other's backs, but needless to say, I'm going to jump into this because now I'm feeling all down and I'm, I'm not really trying to do that. Although this story is a little sad, right? So when I first got locked up, we're talking, you know, this is March, um, you know, 1997. So 23 years ago, is that right? Yeah, 23 years ago. Man, doesn't even seem like it, but March 97, I'm in. Um, Alameda County Jail, a.k.a. Santa Rita, a.k.a. It Sucks, but I'm in there, and like I've mentioned in other podcasts, I was on Suicide Watch, you know, I took my best friend's life, and I was going through it, Um, and right, and, and this was either late March, 
early April, probably early April. Yeah, matter of fact, it was. Um, I'm in there. I'm finally starting to kind of, I don't know, I guess adjust, accept what was going on and, and, you know, getting a little bit of my sanity back, kind of coping with the crazy thing that had happened that got me incarcerated but you know also kind of I don't know I guess working my way through the I can't change it you know and now I, now I got to deal with it and and it's not just about me like so many things were going through my mind but I was getting to a place where I could start to think outside of oh my god I, I killed my best friend right and then um they, they come to my cell. I just got this celly. You guys have heard me talk about it. He, he really helped me out. He talked me down off of a ledge. Really helped me understand that I was going to be there for a while. I need, and I need to prepare around that, right? So I'm starting to accept this. When two, two cops, two sheriffs come up to the door. Like, Guerrero, pack your shit. And I'm like, well, wait, what? And, and in my head, I'm thinking, holy crap. I just got to a place with the with the celly who's helping me deal with this stuff, helping me understand what what I got to do. Like he was helping me pulling up a uh, you know legal stuff to kind of walk me through um you know like like what are what what's the reality? Like what kind of things could happen, right? And now they're telling me I got to go somewhere else. And it's not like, you know, I wanted to leave, <laughs> but you know, hey, that's part of jail, right? So needs to say, I, I pack up my stuff, which isn't much because I just got there. And they cuff me up and everything. And they take me over to two building. <laughs> I actually remember this. Two building was, you know, like the hole, right? Um, Ad seg. And so I get there and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what am I doing here? And they're like, this is, this is where you're at now. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm thinking to myself, what did I do? Like, I didn't get in a fight. I didn't threaten anyone. Like, I had no idea what was going on. So now, and I'm sure you can imagine, going from super stressed out to, hey, I'm stressed out, but uh, I'm starting to, my, it's kind of like a computer where you got too many windows and stuff open and the computer slows down. Like, I had so many things I was thinking about. I couldn't think straight and I, I, I couldn't process anything. So I got to a point where I closed some of those windows down and started focusing on the things I had to and things to, you know, kind of get, get my head straight, my spirit straight, everything, you know, to a point where I could kind of deal with stuff. And, and now here's some new stress. These guys wouldn't tell me why I got moved. They, they, they wouldn't tell me how long I was going to be there. Like, you know, and, and not that they're supposed to, but come on, man, I'm on suicide watch and you change up my program like that and no one has come to talk to me. So I'm stressed out. <laughs> and, you know, you can't get on the phone. You can't do anything because an ad seg, you, you don't really get out. So in county jail, um, ad seg, obviously different from in prison, but in county jail, like, you'll get out. So... There were what, uh, I think in the unit I was in, there were 14 or 16 cells, right? So each cell is a one-man cell. Um, and uh, uh, you would get out for uh, 
I want to say 45 minutes or an hour. I don't remember exactly. But they would pop you out. You could walk around the little the little day room by yourself. Uh, that's when you could take a shower. Um, half the time the TV didn't work because someone got pissed and poured water on it to break it. And they wouldn't fix it because you're just going to break it again, right? So there wasn't a whole lot. And every once in a while you get a cool cop. And you would ask for the radio and they would put the radio on, right? Um, but really, at best, you might be able to get on the phone for a minute, right? So it really sucked. <laughs> and then, mind you, 1416 cells, you're not getting out every day. Matter of fact, you're lucky if you get out every third or fourth day, right? Because they only let a few people out on each of their shifts, and there's only two shifts where they let people out. So, you know, at best, you're getting eight, maybe. If they really, if everyone locks up right when they're supposed to and all that good stuff, you might get out, you know, I'd say eight to nine people in a day. Usually you're getting out more like four to six at the best, right? So anyway, locked up in this damn cell all day, all night. They don't let you out for showers. They only let, the only time you shower is when you get let out. So if you work out or anything in the cell, you got a bird bath which I'll go into probably some other time. but So I'm in there. I don't know why I'm in there. It's like two days before I get out, you know, from my, from my little day room time. So I call my parents. They knew why, right? And I think this is, I don't know. Just think about it, y'all. I'm stressed out. I'm on suicide watch because I killed my best friend. They moved me just you know, not even a month into being in the jail, like, if, if I was still really screwed up in the head, who knows, I might have tried to kill myself in that cell, and it would have been because no one told me why they moved me, right, so I get on the phone and come to find out my victim's family had called the jail and did all this stuff, basically, to get me put in the hole, by saying that they had people on the inside that were going to take me out and all this stuff. So they put me in there for my protection until, you know, stuff blew over and all this stuff. So I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're like, no, that that's what we heard. And your attorney's coming up tomorrow or whatever, and he's going to talk to you about it. So my attorney came up, and I talked to him. And he's like, yeah, there's nothing I can do. And I was like, man, I will sign a waiver, like, whatever. Like, what the hell? Like, no one's like even if someone's gonna get me who cares like that's part of being you know in jail right and i was like what are they gonna do like leave me in administrative segregation for the rest of my freaking life so yeah it was rough and you know trying to get acclimated and used to being in jail period and then going to the straight you know full lockdown and and there were crazy people up in there right I'm talking about dudes that would come out and like shit in their hand and smear it all over the wall. It was just, yeah, not not fun times. Always yelling and screaming, profanities, racial stuff. The you know guys would go up to other guys' doors and just stare in the door and beat on the door and you know all this crazy stuff, right? And um, I'm in there and I'm just like, you know. Can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? And you guys will hear me say a lot of times I don't get all religious and spiritual and all that. But <clears throat> I will never forget one of the grounding moments. And anyone who knows me knows this is going to sound weird coming from me. But 
um, my sister sent me a Bible. Um, and it just happened to show up like that first week I was in the hole. And it, I don't know, it brought me comfort, you know, because um, she went and bought it. She sent it. Um, and she bought it for me like when I first got locked up. It just took that long to actually reach me. But getting something, you know, from a, a family member, especially my sister, someone real close, and, um, you know, being able to kind of read it, and even though she didn't write it or anything, I don't know, it really brought me some solace. And then, you know, one thing I'll say about the Bible and pretty much any religious book, you know, usually the things that are written, you know, will apply to a lot of things that we go through, right? Um, and that's the artistry in that written word, right? So I was able to read into this, and then my old celly that was getting my head straight, he was really into the Bible and everything, so he would send me scriptures to kind of coach me through the situation. So it really brought me some some grounding and, and gave me a, a, a foundation to kind of say, you know what, I, I can make it through this. But, and I'm by, by no means am I telling you guys, go get a Bible if you don't read the Bible or a Quran or anything else. I'm not, I'm definitely not here to be an evangelist or anything like that. What I'm saying is, whatever you need to do to, to find that center, right? To, uh, to get that grounding. Because I was in a situation where I was locked up and I didn't want to be kind of like we are right now, right? I was pulled away from... A situation that felt like things were getting better, which a lot of you are probably going through right now. You may, maybe you just got a promotion, maybe you just started a new job, maybe you just started dating someone, and now you couldn't, you know, you couldn't go out with them anymore, and and, and that relationship is getting stressed. Maybe an old relationship is getting stressed. Maybe, maybe you're worried that you know your your job won't be there when you get back, or it'll be in a diminished capacity, like whatever it may be. You know, find some grounding, right? Um, do some internal, you know, what I like to call excavation. Like dig into yourself, dig into your soul and figure out, you know, what what are the things that, that bring you that comfort? And I've talked about this a lot too. You know, those things usually have nothing to do with material items or money. Not deep down. Not the things that really bring you comfort. You know, to some people it's it's getting a hug. To some people it's just seeing someone, which we can still do with all the technology that's out there. We can do Zoom meetings. We can do FaceTime. We can do, you know, all kinds of different video chats and stuff like that. Like, maybe it's just talking to someone. Pick up the phone and call someone you haven't talked to in a while. You know, ask how they're doing in you know, whatever it may be. Exercise, reading books, you know, watching some old movies that you used to watch when you were a kid. Whatever brings you comfort, right? Um, or or maybe you're one of those people that, that really um, feels whole when you, when you help people. You know, go volunteer to drop off food for some elderly people that shouldn't be out there shopping or whatever. Like, there's so many different things. But, but do that self-excavation to, to, to find out what those things are and, and know that... Um, Things will get better, right? I eventually did get out of the hole. 
I got put back into GP, you know, general population, and, and was able to start functioning again um, and doing other things. And, and the same thing in prison. In prison, I went to ADSEG two times uh, for basically almost a total of a year altogether between those two times. And when you think about it, that was a pretty big chunk of my, my time. I did 10 years in prison, two years in county jail. So almost a whole year in say that was a tenth of my entire stay in prison was was done in segregation, which is crazy, right? But my point is, there's so many different things that um, that we can do to 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 just be comfortable in knowing that things will get better. And, you know, try to try to clean out your filter. You know what I mean? Just like you have a, a fuel filter on your car and other things. If you if you don't change your filter, if you don't clean it up, it'll get clogged up, right? So right now we have crazy media out here. And, and you know, if you're a Republican, when you do Google searches, it's going to pull up all the stuff that favors you. If you're a Democrat, it's going to pull up all the stuff that favors that. If you constantly look up COVID-19, it's going to always have that stuff front and center right so the big thing is is you know be mindful of your filter be mindful of what's being fed to you don't believe everything and understand that um, people are out there making money off this stuff so they're going to feed you what they need you to see so that they can continue to make money and be profitable so um i just i just really got to say like um that that was hard at the very early stages of my incarceration and dealing with that it sucked it sucked ass um and at the time it felt like it was not going to end i thought i was going to die in that freaking cell in ad in two building santa rita and now i look back and go it wasn't shit <laughs> do i want to do it again hell no but but my point is we will get through this you you will get through this we're all on this little mini lockdown and we need to understand that it will end. So at the end of the day, we all go through stuff. We're all going to go through situations. This is one of those situations, definitely longer, definitely nothing like anything we'll go through again or, you know, before or after. So have faith. Have faith that we will overcome and we will learn and we will adapt um it's going to be a new world and kind of like getting out of prison having a conviction totally new thing and to this day it, it it's with me right but you learn to adapt and move on and continue to be successful in, in different ways um doing different things so keep your head up support one another be mindful be courteous never forget we're all human beings we're all part of the human race together we will endure and we will make it through this and it won't seem so bad once it's over anyway this is tito 15 to life like share tell a friend bye